0: (laughs) i'm stoned so are you
1: hello everybody welcome to the local earshot podcast i'm your host brad biggs i'm here with jonathan grissom more bands media how you doing today man i'm good man it's been a weird week has it not
2: yeah i mean it's uh it's interesting we've been playing like uh pretty much scheduled gymnastics, uh, with a lot of different artists, um, made a lot of connections with, a uh, with a lot of, uh, um, female artists actually, uh, cause, uh, my friend's in a group that has a lot of Oklahoma talent. And, um, and I felt that like, it was actually really good that she did that for me, that she posted that uh, post on their page. Cause, uh, cause I mean, we, we've had a lot of, um, a lot of like bands and stuff that are all like male groups and stuff. But uh but we've only had like one uh one or two females on on the show, so I kinda wanted to get some of the some of the um, female artists perspective writing and all that kind of stuff on the show sure, too. Sure, sure. Rock and roll is pretty much dominated by
1: men and always really kinda has been. But uh I love my sisters that can crank out a guitar, man. one of my favorite guitar players today is a woman, Nita Strauss, she plays with Alice Cooper and, and uh I like to see it. I like to see I like to see women getting more into it and there's there's really, you know, people tend to forget that sex appeal is a very large part of putting on a rock and roll show, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's cool to go to a concert and see the aggression with a bunch of dudes. That's fun, but eventually it's like, you look around like, man, can we get some, like, some fucking chicks around here? Like, you know, come on. So it's, it's good to see it. I like to see it. You know, I don't know why... Uh I guess back in the day there was kind of a rejection to it you know there's a lot of a lot of girls bands that tried to form and didn't really come around until maybe like the runaways or or those type of bands you know but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know it's good to see it and there's a lot of lot of girls in the blues world playing guitar nowadays man it's it's uh it's good to see it's good to hear I hope we can get her on soon but like you know like <clears throat> it's kind of a weird thing too because it's like a lot of the fall concerts. You know, it's like the outdoor thing is kind of wrapping up. So a lot of bands want to take these gigs. They might be harder to schedule and that's fine. Uh, I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, these people are getting her, these. her
2: biggest thing about coming in, uh, on, uh, cause I, cause we had talked about her possibly coming in today, but then she worked and then, uh, coming in tomorrow, but then tomorrow morning, uh, she was saying that she, which, which is something that we had talked about before about that. We, we were going to move the show to Saturday and uh and we're both kind of on board with that it, uh, the only thing that's kind of keeping it is uh is that on friday nights bands play mm-hmm. and so everybody's going to be kind of hung over or it's other ways <laughs> on saturday mornings you know so it it's kind of a it's kind of a weird day to do it but um but yeah i mean that, that's what uh, she was saying she was like yeah I, I probably wouldn't be worth much if i came in on saturday morning because i got a gig until two o'clock in the morning on Fridays." well so.
1: normally i'm off but this week i gotta work it's just a, like i said it's been a weird week but yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, i mean because
2: I, I mean your schedule didn't match up with mine her schedule didn't match up with ours no other artist's schedule matched up with ours so like it was it was one of those well i guess we're doing friday and, hey we gotta know.
1: get it out so but yeah. it's cool we'll get her on and we, we actually got a it's that's like I said. It's a weird week. We had we had everything good before this, and then we have two weeks after this are scheduled. We got a a band called Sign of Lies from Oklahoma City coming in on November sixth. They actually got the gig opening Cat Fest this year with an, and another band. I think they're from Texas, or at least that's where I was going to go see them until things got canceled. Uh, Joyous Wolf. They're another band, kick ass band. They were there, but. Um, yeah, i seen them on uh, our, our our Instagram, and <clears throat> and I was like, well, might as well. I'll just send them a message and see what happens. Dude, they replied within 10 minutes. That's like, crazy. Shit. Yeah, I was like, hell yeah. So we got them on schedule for the 6th. Shout out to those guys. Uh, can't wait. It's going to be interesting to talk to those guys. And uh, it's fun to see a band, catch a band on the upswing like that. You know, they're getting that, that taste of success, and the shows are getting bigger. And <laughs> it's, it's just fun to talk to those guys. So uh we've got that coming up the 6th and then next week we got our our friend cotton white coming in for uh the halloween uh episode of sorts uh <laughs> i'm sure he's got a lot to say
2: <laughs> yeah uh actually uh i uh, shout out to cotton cuz i, oh, I actually uh i was in a uh, plaza district and um and i uh i was going by i think it was a karaoke thing cuz whatever i got out to do this order cuz i work at GoPuff, i was uh, i was doing this order and uh and I hear in the background like, you know, someone singing outside and stuff is like karaoke. And then on nowhere he's like, Hey, here's the guy that you all paid to come to see and he's like, Get up here, Cotton and <laughs> and I was like, Is that cotton? No way. Like cotton white? And then like it then I looked over and I saw the cowboy hat and I saw his his little like <laughs> thing. So uh Cotton was uh singing inside the uh, plaza, I believe, at Saints, uh yesterday. So, I saw him in passing, but uh, yeah, so shout out to him uh oh we but,
1: told I told him after our show, I said, you know if the music thing doesn't work out for you, you definitely need to consider comedy
2: <laughs> yeah i mean even even if he kept the persona of the of the singer and just went on the stage dressed like that and oh, stuff dude. like that, that's good enough he's a, to keep. he's a character man he's, uh, a, he's a funny dude yeah well and and
1: uh I know we we kind of went over some stuff and and he's he's definitely one that gets into the Halloween spirit if you go over to his Facebook page you'll see a picture of him dressed up as Beetlejuice and he fucking nailed it by the way but uh so I, I think we're gonna pick out something maybe like the the UFO thing maybe talk about that see where, see if he can take us down a black hole on that one which I'm sure we won't be disappointed
2: yeah I mean there's a lot of uh with the whole UFO stuff there's a lot of um statements that are said by higher level people that really make you think yeah so and they openly talk about it now so they don't i think that they're gearing us up for something
1: yeah when you have a government official who prides himself on having all the answers look at the news reporter and say yeah we don't know
2: yeah we don't know uh. we, don't, we don't know what that was like uh i mean i mean it's scary enough that uh in the recent news the uh the whole like Chinese making a supersonic like nuclear weapon or yeah. something like that. Like, that's scary enough that your military goes, Yeah, we don't know how they did that, and we need to figure out how they did that. Like, that's that's pretty, that's yeah, as an ex military person, that scares the shit out of me because it's like if it can go all the way around the world like that, then that's not good. <laughs> like,
1: so it's kind of like. They probably stole a little bit of it from us, stole a little bit of it from Russia, and then they made their own little hodgepodge of things. Nuclear weapons is really like a rock and roll song, you know? You just wear your influences on your sleeve, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, my... my <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, a little espionage uh, uh, joke for you. My, people. uh... <laughs> My my brother was a nuke inside the navy, so like uh, he's he's a big advocate for like nuclear energy and everything. But it's because there's uh, there's ways to take like the dirty, um, I guess the dirty waste, yeah, yeah. and reburn it into into actual nuclear power. So he he believes that there that uh, all that waste that people always say it creates it doesn't actually create that if you do it right. And so the ship that he was on, like it actually had like they have nuclear reactors on like ships, I guess, mm-hmm. and small ones. And so they, they produce nuclear power <laughs> for the boats. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> so. man, i tell you what. I've, I, physics and shit's always been fascinating for me. But, like, once I went to this electrical school for electrical tech, and, like, the first part of the classes, they, you know, teach you about the nature of the electron and how all that shit comes together. And it's like, that's pretty cool. And then you start getting – start – going down that rabbit hole and next thing you know you're learning that there's shit that's smaller than that and then there's shit that's even smaller than that and it's like oh my god for it's the worst thing to do for a guy that takes psychedelic drugs is start looking at shit in physics
2: yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) where does Uh, it end (laughs) well i mean like uh i remember in astronomy class my uh my teacher uh which is interesting dude uh he was in his he was in his 20s his late 20s early 30s Dude had already discovered a planet out of, uh, out of the university of Colorado. And, uh, and he was a teacher at the, at the local college where he was like working to be a professor. And, um, and so he was doing his, I guess his in between work, you know, as as, at a community college and, uh, and to get there, but he, um, he would start a math problem and it was astronomy one was just like the concept. So we would just like talk about things astronomy two was all math. Yeah. And that's why I say like math's extremely important because like this dude would start a math problem on one one uh, little like uh screen thing on the inside of the room, uh like the the what do you call it, whiteboards. Mm-hmm. And he'd start on one whiteboard and by the end of it that one math problem to just figure out the distance between here and like the moon would end up being like the entire room full of math. Yeah. And he had it all the way down to like the like. Oh yeah, I could look it up, but this is the math on how they got there. And when you see it, you're like, "Wait, so Jupiter's that far away? Oh, this is that. F- oh, the universe is that big? Oh, Holy yeah. fuck, we're a speck! Like you know. And yeah. then you start realizing how small we really are compared to. And that's why I think it's funny whenever people are like, "I don't understand how an asteroid hasn't taken us out." We are literally microscopic in the universe, the like like, and so are... so the chances of of, a, of an asteroid hitting us, even though it hit the dinosaurs, is actually not that high, but it can happen.
1: It blows my mind that they've they've well they haven't figured out the speed of light down to the exact decimal because you can't, but it's they got it so close that they can measure it and then use it as a constant because it never changes. And the fact that that's the fastest thing we know of. In the universe, and we measure it in distance of it takes a year for that to get to you. The the, the just the astronomical distances involved. Then they start saying like one billion light years,
2: three billion light years.
1: Jesus Christ! You can't even conceive that. You can't even conceive that distance as a human being. Yeah. And it's, uh, so that, yeah, and
2: that's what that's what I'm saying. It's not like you driving from here to New York or like you know. It's it's literally like you driving all the way around the planet 10,000 times. Like, no, you know, dude, it's nuts. It's <laughs> I had
1: a physics, uh, it was phys- my first physics class in junior or community college at Rose State. Uh, but it was physics one oh one one. And he actually tried to, he's like, you got to look at it in scales. He said, okay, if, if you're looking at an atom, okay, the middle of Oklahoma city would be the, the proton nucleus, mm-hmm. the electron that orbits it would be a Volkswagen in Los Angeles. That's its orbit relative to its size mm-hmm. now, the atom is the size of an apple to the earth, so that atom is the size to that apple as that apple is to the earth, yeah, so it's just
0: like
2: <laughs> yeah
0: what what yeah exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. they start talking, and then you're just like, but then I used to watch uh what was that that um not the old one, but the the new one with like um uh, the one dude that does the astronomy stuff. Um you know the grass Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to watch like the newer version of that and just like talking about the grains of sand and all that kind of stuff. And uh and so um I, I actually wrote like this little like poem thing. It was uh I come from the great, the land of the grand, just another particle in the sand that falls <laughs> from the ground from my hand because I'm another Oklahoma local band. Nice. So it's a, it's a little, little play on words.
1: (laughs) Nice. That shit, that shit blows me away, man. Just hearing, hearing people talk about it. I'm interested in it too, you know, but, but yeah, man.
2: Uh, so, I mean like, uh, so Halloween is
1: coming up and, uh, Oh, the holiday it, or the movie?
2: Well, well, okay. Both. Yeah, I mean, in general, both, I guess. I mean, I, I, I didn't even know the movie was out already. I thought they were going to show that one. You, you said you already watched it. I Yeah. Like a, they, I thought they were going to say that they were going to play it on, uh, like, that they were going to release it right, on, right before Halloween, like, right before, not a week before, oh. you know. So I didn't know that they had already released it. I watched, um, Was it, Candyman. Uh, version. Oh yeah, and, they
0: he did that. I and in a
2: way in a way it was pretty funny, uh, because the concepts there, but there was some uh some of the um the political like stuff in it, but in a way it was it was kind of funny.
1: Honestly was, that movie would actually fit well with because the whole uh his storyline is based off it's a racist he was yeah, a slave. So yeah. I mean that would actually fit well, and social. They don't have to force it well, like and, they do with the other movies. Yeah,
2: and so like with that, um what it was was that he was um, the, the I guess, the previous movie where the child was burned. Mm-hmm. And and so the child, um, you know, spoiler alert, blooper, whatever the fuck they say. Turn off uh, if yeah. you haven't seen it. Yeah, if you it. haven't seen it. Um, so the uh, the main character is a artist that does a lot of, like, um, things, and he, um, uh, like, different art, and he's kind of in a standstill. He doesn't know what to make. Like, he doesn't know what kind of art to make and stuff and um and he's living in like the upper scale gentrified community type um upper scale world you know and his girlfriend's like this this art um, person that runs an art gallery well they start the story comes along from his uh his like sister's um like brother or whatever that um and him and his husband come over for dinner so like a, you know it's a gay couple right and they come over and they're telling them the story about the scary like like ghetto and this this killer that was like that would come around and the candy man right so they're talking and about the first movie yes okay. and and so they're talking about way back but then they talk about the burned child thing and they talk about the child being burned and and uh and so come to find out that Uh, like through the movie um it it, he starts to go try to find this story because he wants to paint it and he's any for some reason he just feels that he needs to paint this story because it's such an interesting story but when he went to the art curators it was interesting because the lady says you know kind of a a line that was really interesting she says uh you know um well, yeah, I mean, I could see why you would want to talk about the the community and, and all the things going on in the in the ghettos and stuff, because, I mean, it is you art types that come in and, and destroy their entire communities and create gentrified communities, which is interesting to me because uh, living in Oklahoma, we have the Paseo District and then we have like Plaza and those two areas like are very artistic. There's a lot of people living in there that are younger, that are very liberal And so, like, they, um, you know, like, it's funny that like those are those communities used to be ghettos and that they turned them into, and they've been always kind of artists, I guess, but, uh, but the other one like was like a really bad area. And so like, they've been modifying it, but they've been shifting everything and gentrifying every single road all the way across the state. And so like, so, all um, right, well
1: out of five stars, what would you give the new Candyman?
2: Uh, I mean, I thought it was probably about maybe out of five, probably about maybe a 3.5. It wasn't the, the greatest movie, uh, but the, it had its moments. You know and...
1: what irritates me about that type of review is it's like it's almost like that's what Hollywood is going for, and all you see is remakes and sequels. We went, <clears throat> I'll give you an example. We went to Halloween, and the previews came on, and literally it was a an Exorcist movie. Almost from what I saw, the plot point it had good looking scares, but mm-hmm. it was plot point line, you know, hook line and sinker of the Exorcist. It's mm-hmm. just a, a newer one. Then the next one was a, uh, a part two. It was another sequel. There were two of those. And then another one was just another horror movie that was basically just a remake. And I'm like, all right, this is getting really old. There's nothing new. <clears throat> and even when they bring back stories like the Candyman uh-huh. and try to make it a new universe or something, a branch off of the story, they have to either force too much social commentary in it or they can't just make it fall where the cards fall. Like with Candyman, there's no need to inject that kind of shit because this story's based on it. You right, can, you right. Can well, and, work and they and they within that framework. And
2: they did. They did for the most part. I mean, uh, in it, the uh, the main character uh, he transitions from being himself to Candyman to become the new Candyman. But the new Candyman will be basically haunting the new upper scale white gentrified right, communities right, right. and killing all the white people, which is in my opinion, hilarious. Right? I, know, I mean, what, I mean, I mean, I mean, cause that's why, cause that's what he was doing in the first place. Right. <laughs> so he was killing everybody. And so like it, it was, uh, but, um, but they don't they don't hide from that because they, they also show like uh, uh, like um, families of all race and creeds and stuff like that like uh, in, in in these communities so like it's showing that the ginger communities, the richer upper scale people especially just him killing rich people or right. upper class people. Well, uh, I'm interested but... too.
1: Is the first one had an interracial couple, or at least it was there was sexual tension between the the woman and Candyman, and back in the early '90s, I guess that was still pretty controversial. I'm I'm curious, like now that's not even a big deal. So it would actually kind of work against the central plot point of the original Candyman in today's time, because that being uh, the interracial couple being a conflict during that time was part of the story. Uh-huh. That's what made it uh, a, I don't know more controversial story or whatever you want to call it more more hot more steamy blah blah blah, but. Nowadays, that wouldn't even cross anybody's mind. Like, it doesn't even it, it wouldn't be central to the storylines because now the, the original story was he was a slave
2: and had a relationship with a white woman. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, and, yeah, I mean, and they 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 cross uh, a couple other different like storyline things. Like, um, there's a there's a BLM reference in the bathroom, uh, but the girl gets in the bathroom and then like all these other girls. Where which is interesting because like they, it, it, it that's why I say it doesn't it doesn't fully go into that where it shows that other that it doesn't matter what people's political views are there is there's people that are are racist or pick on people or are shitty people everywhere right, right? Yeah. so like a bunch of these girls that were in this thing were all just like super liberal. But they, but they were like making fun of this black girl that came in because they, she was like a nerdy little black girl. And so she got in the bathroom into the, into the, um, into the stall and was like listening to her headphones and stuff. And I don't know where she started seeing like, like bodies moving around and shit. And she's like, what the fuck? And like, so she freaks out, but Candyman spares her because she didn't say his name. Well. So he spared her, but like he killed all of the girls inside that bathroom and it was because they kept getting in the mirror, and they're like, "Candyman, Candyman," you know. And so, don't say it. Yeah, don't so, say it. <laughs> so yeah, um, right. I think I've, I think I've said it enough inside this episode. <laughs> so um, three
1: out of three, three and a half out of five stars. I, I mean, I'll take that. That's not. What yeah, I, I mean, what, what do you Halloween. what do you give the new Halloween? Well, um, I'm actually a fan of this this kind of the storyline of Halloween. So I, I'm kind of a, I guess, an elitist. And I I hate saying that because I I do like going to just see a horror movie for horror movie's sake. But the one thing that separated Michael Myers versus Jason or Freddy Krueger was was the lack of extreme gore, you know? And, like, they would put it in a movie, but it would be at the apex. That's the high point. That's the climax kill. And that was Michael Myers. You know, his was more build the tension, this mm-hmm. stealthy stalking thing. And that's what turned me on about him versus Jason. Jason's just, I'm going to fucking chop you up. Yep. And then, Hey, that's fun too, but it's its own thing. And I think they tried too hard with this one to make Michael Myers into Jason. It just like, after the third exploding head, I'm done. You know, oh, yeah. you, you save the exploding yeah. head for the high point of the movie. And after, I was just like, okay, by the end of the movie, I was rooting for the, I was rooting for him to just kill everybody. Yeah,
2: I mean they—they um, like because I—I uh, I, I don't know. I I used to watch um, tales from the crypt as a kid. Oh yeah, and uh, me and my grandma used to watch that, and um, and I mean there's uh, there's a lot of like they all have their different characteristics, and so like you get like um you know uh what is it? Scream. You know the character in Scream was a real person. That's the and secret. so that's and that's actually more scarier than 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 some of these other stories because that, that could be your neighbor that just guts you like a fish, right? That's but one like, of
1: the sequels I saw by the way, is Scream, there's another I think scream it's movie six now or five? Yeah. yeah, damn. Yeah, it's
2: like it's like making Final Destinations or uh or like um what is it Freddy Cougar movies with like Jason, you know, like the once they went to space they lost well, me. I was like and, what? Hey, well
1: and, and to be fair, that one was put out there as a fun. It's not. This is right. Not, it was. It was meant to and be. And that's stupid. great. But yeah. with this one, they put it out there as like this is keeping with the storyline. This is really bringing back the Jamie Lee Curtis thing. And then they just, is that one a Rob
2: Zombie film? No, no, no. This
1: was Danny uh, Br- Danny McBride
2: okay the comedian because I know I know I know and our uh Rob zombie's been redoing a lot of the Halloween movies. Oh, he's doing the monsters now that's gonna be yeah and that's gonna be fun yeah cool. because like uh, I think he's doing that one as like a fun movie I'm hoping that he's not oh, trying you make have it, to. like a it like to. a straight-up horror like you know but I think he's trying to make a comedy
1: I would so. give the new Halloween movie it, it depending on your motives for going to see it if you're an old school fan like me it's you're not going to like it. But if you go in there and you're just on a date with your old lady or whatever and you just want to see a slasher film, hey, it's great for that. It's it's not very long. It's only like an hour and 15 minutes. Super, super short movie. But uh, you're not going to get any answers for the storyline and you're going to basically be rooting i was rooting for michael myers by the end of it i was like dude kill everybody kill the cops kill the kids kill the women kill everybody i'm (laughs) sick of this town will you people leave that man in his house alone already you know (laughs) my god i'd kill y'all motherfuckers y'all bothering me in my house that much too right he's (laughs) just trying to sleep man to relax so as an old-school fan one out of five but if you're going on a date and you want to fill up your old lady or whatever your thing is uh, yeah four out of five it's a good slasher flick but it's yeah. got uh, if, you, if you're in it for the cliches and the and the slasher and the blood and guts it's a good movie for you so go check
2: it out uh, yeah I mean it's been, so, I mean, <laughs> That's all I like, got on that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, people listen to the show, it's probably like, well, uh, you guys dabble in local, and what what does this really have to do with, like, Oklahoma and local, you know? And, uh, we, we've had, like, this influx of film, um, a companies lot. coming in. The Old Myriad um, is a film set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a film set. They're, they're, uh, they're gearing up, uh, college degrees in film in Oklahoma. Um, we have a lot of the, uh, the, like forestry type stuff, and so there's been scenes that have been shot here uh, by the uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, the Walking Dead, um, and in the Fear of the Walking Dead, they've done some scenes here. Um, and so I mean, there, there's uh, I have a couple friends that are in film. Um, what our, our other guy that used to do the host used to do a lot of film stuff, so Wilson. uh, yeah, yeah. Wilson, yeah, so um, so I mean, yeah, but we were we were talking today and we were, we were trying to figure out like you know. What 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 could we really talk about? And then, then, then the story came along, and uh, and and you know, I I was like, what? That's weird. You know, maybe I was like, maybe it's a setup. Maybe it's not. I don't know what it's, to think about the story. It's quite
1: different than any other accident that's happened on a set from yeah. what from what we're getting. Yeah, from what there. we're reading. Yeah. So, so, so tell tell us what happened.
2: So. Um, I got the news story here, and we'll just play this real quick, and then we can talk about it. Uh, It's about two minutes long, so. uh, uh, But uh, but this is the um, Alec Baldwin uh, fired shot on movie set that killed a cinematographer, and um, sheriff says so. Like the sheriff, so it's investigated. Also hit the director. Yeah, and it it hit the director, I guess. So, yeah. not a stuntman, not an actor. This is, and this you know, wasn't during a scene. So, like, this wasn't, like, this was separate, I guess, from the, to the be fair, to,
1: to be fair, we're not, we're not saying anything illegal. I mean, they test these things on set, too. I mean, but it, it's we're saying it's unlike another shooting that happened in the 90s we're going to talk about. But let's play this first.
2: Well, developing this morning, authorities say actor Alec Baldwin accidentally shot two people during filming of his new movie in New Mexico. One of them has died. ABC has the latest.
3: This morning, tragedy on the set of an Alec Baldwin movie in New Mexico. A prop gun misfiring, killing a crew member and injuring the film's director. The sheriff's office says it was Baldwin who fired the gun by accident here at the Bonanza Creek Ranch during the filming of the western movie Rust. Hours before the shooting, Baldwin posted on Instagram saying back to in person at the office. Blimey, it's exhausting our New Mexico station, KOAT, at the scene. One person has died on set. According to the Santa Fe County deputies, they were called to the ranch just before 2 this afternoon. The 42-year-old victim, identified as Hanya Hutchins, seen here on her Instagram profile, was airlifted to the University of New Mexico hospital, where she later died. She was working as a director of photography on the film. In her most recent post on Instagram, recorded from the set, Hutchins mentioned how excited she was to be on the ranch, saying, one of the perks of shooting a western is you get to ride horses on your day off. The Cinematographers Guild releasing a statement overnight. We received the devastating news that one of our members, Holnia Hutchins, died from injuries sustained on the set. We support a full investigation into this tragic event. This is a terrible loss. The other victim, 48-year-old director Joel Souza, was hospitalized last night in emergency care. The filming of Rust started earlier this month at the ranch, which has been a popular Hollywood filming location for decades. Investigators are now looking into how this happened. What kind of projectile was discharged and why the gun was loaded in the first place. Megan Tavrizian, ABC News, San Diego.
2: That's sad, man. Yeah. I don't... Uh, like, I, I guess... Uh, yeah, the... Um, uh, they, they were saying that the... They don't know if the gun... At the very end there, you know, they're saying that they don't know if the gun was... Why the gun was loaded. And, and like, what you are saying, you know, certain types of pistols and stuff that you use for those type of movies uh, that you technically use real guns. So but, the
1: sorry the the the, the, the crow uh, brandon Lee um, what we know about what happened there was they were using a revolver for a prop well, the thing with revolver props is blank ammunition to get a shot down the barrel it doesn't show the projectile in the side of the revolver so to get the right shot they put fake caps in there to get the shot and then they took real ammunition and put half loads in it uh-huh. Well, one of those caps was still lying in the barrel. They fired the half cap; it's still a projectile in the barrel. Hits him; he dies. But that was doing, done during a scene. That was yeah, an actor. It, it was an
2: actor. It was an accident. You know, it, it was, was an accident. And it, um, it, they, they they talk about um like uh because I have the other like um audio of uh of the guy that Michael Matt Massey yeah, yeah. Uh, that that actually was the one that um made the mistake or whatever um a lot of people they they, they have their viewpoints some people say he did on purpose but honestly if you if you actually go and listen to this interview like the whole five minutes of it uh you kind of learn um
1: i think it's just i don't think he
2: meant to do it someone you know
1: inspected it or what was told well the interview i saw was from the stunt coordinator and he said that at what he was under the impression in previous movies was there's two separate types of guns there's one for the the lineup shot mm-hmm. and it doesn't fire at all it's just strictly right. a prop and then the other one is for live on this movie for whatever reason they use the a live gun for both shots and that's where the mix-up happened but mm-hmm. i mean or if you're deep into the mysticism the the brandon lee bruce lee family curse
2: yep could be that too yeah I mean, <laughs> and there's and there's entire there's entire documentary type little things on uh on um was it youtube that actually had talk about all that um but i mean but yeah it's it but the actual reality of it is that there was a prop in malfunction they they were modifying actual bullets to to try to um do some stuff on the movie um you know i try to figure out that too nowadays like is our our technologies there for like green screening and, and all these different um you know technologies that at what point do we not use even even you know not prop guns but uh bullets like just not even have anything in the chamber at all you know mm. um at what point do we get to that point where we don't we don't have to have fake bullets and we don't because you would think that they could do those noises and they could do those sounds and the and actual visuals with the green screens now without actually having to put anybody in danger and it maybe it's just costs i mean a speck of black powder is awful
1: cheap to just right throwing a blank shell you know i mean i don't know how movie production and costs are but the numbers they throw out for some of them is just astronomical you know
2: yeah and i mean and, and also i always laugh at like movies and stuff because the rea- like the actual reality of some guns and the pushback on your arm and stuff if you were to shoot some of these guns the way that they oh, shoot them in movies God, yeah. you you you'd Break your arm, like or uh, or you watch movies like Dave, Dave uh, was it J- Jason Statham, like flying through a damn parking garage in a van vehicle, and it goes through all the brakes and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, there ain't no way that wouldn't even made it that far. It would have hit the building and fell to the ground. Like,
1: oh yeah, I like it when you you know someone shoots a 44 Magnum revolver, long barrel, this massive hand cannon. They shoot it with one hand, like like it's a BB gun. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh boy, it don't like that man. Make yeah, a fucking whole four armed shooting them. My my friend
2: Julia, she uh she actually sh- shot a um an AR fifteen uh, for the first time the other day, and uh it, she showed me the video, and it was it was hilarious because like the first time she shot it, she like did this like oh like 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 excitement like type like look whenever she looked back because it was just such a powerful weapon. Oh yeah, you know. And I was like, that's cool, you know. that, that that's the thing is, it's just learn not to be afraid of them, but. Uh, but I mean, but yeah, accidents happen. What um, we were talking about—that there's like tons of little accidents that have happened on sets and stuff across, like even here in local, you know, recording and stuff.
1: Yeah, so. and I mean, it's—I mean, it's like any other workplace. You know, uh, accidents happen. You just try to, man, you certainly try to avoid the ones where people get killed. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I but, mean, injuries heal.
1: Yeah, man, lives and, 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 don't. And, <laughs> and when so, you're doing shit like, obviously, like it's you're doing shit like that, you know, there's there's got to be an inherent risk. You would think that the inspection of these things would be top tier. It's uh, hard to, hard to take uh, the argument for the legalities of weapons from uh, people in California when they can't even fire fake guns right. you know knowledge is power people but i'll just leave it there (laughs) anyway let's play some music man i know you got a couple on deck there i'll just put it out there for people if you uh feel froggy uh you can go over to our page and donate we'll uh gladly accept that we're actually working on putting some of this money the little bit that we've got uh we're gonna probably work with Uh, Reggie or one of the local promoters here and see if we can maybe collaborate on a show and put on a show for you people. Maybe get a crowd. Think we could do that? I think we could do that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's just a matter of timing and, and getting everybody together, you know, it's like anything else.
2: What we got? So, uh, on Facebook, I'm friends with a guy named, uh, Derek, uh, and he's in a band, um, it's, uh, called Don't Make Ghost.
3: So, oh, yeah,
2: okay. um, and I and I was talking to him uh, a while back, like um, to uh, to see if I could have him on the show and stuff. And he said he was interested, but like uh, um, you know, his family stuff is usually done on the weekend. So uh we're trying to figure out like with with him and like what works and everything. But uh I figured I'd I play one of his songs because I put a little bit of fire on them, you know. Um, let people what's, know what what's it called? The song is uh, "Upside to the Sorrow." Are of the sorrow. Um, words and, are hard. Words are hard today. Uh, yeah, let's, let's hear it. Play that. I mean, uh, yeah, so they, they have uh, two EPs. Uh, they have Death Ride. That was in 2016. Uh, and then they have To The Hell with uh, with The Smiles. Um, and uh, that was their 2020 album that they just now put out. So, um, so yeah, I mean, check them out. I'll uh, put the, the um, links to them inside the show notes uh, and everything so then people can access their music. Yeah, it's a good band. I like um, it. Yeah, I mean, they're really, really cool dudes. Uh, I've seen them at the high-low, like, um, twice, I think. Um, and just uh, um, became friends with Derek online and everything. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're a really, really good band. Uh, a lot of friends, uh, they'll they'll swear by them. So.
1: Don't make ghosts. Yep. Shout-out to those guys, man. We can get them on the show one of these days. <clears throat> and then... Um, What's next? We got one more?
2: Oh, um, we can. Uh, Let me see. We want to listen to... All right. So the other band uh that I want to actually uh show today um is on holiday. Uh they are out of Oklahoma City. Uh they they've played a lot of um uh, you know, they have pictures online like uh, uh just a lot of big um events and stuff across Oklahoma. Uh, they play a lot of the local bars, so they'll they'll play like the Lost Highway and uh, a couple of the other ones. Um and so uh this song is uh, waiting more uh, by On Holiday.
1: Waiting more on Holiday. Check it out, y'all.
0: Mistakes complicated and passions overrated. When it's meant for nothing, you live for nothing at all. No excuse, just hold it. Even though you probably stole it, I see the writing. The writing on the wall, it's not the first time I heard it all before Faded lines, clouded skies will be, be one more It's not the first time I heard it all before Cool. Who's that
1: again?
2: On Holiday.
1: On Holiday. Oklahoma City, man. I like
2: yep. that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, man. Nice. I think I'm about ready to wrap it up. How you doing
2: over there? I'm good. Yeah. Um, Take so, us out. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, Local shop Podcast, we run on the value for value system that is time, talent, and treasure. Whenever people listen to the show, uh, they're basically spending their time to... Uh, check us out, you know, share us online. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on uh, pretty much all the different social websites. Uh, we um, I know Brad uh, man- manages the uh, Instagram, uh, and so you can connect to, to him through there. Um, yeah, the I, easiest,
1: I, easiest way to get me is uh, Facebook contacts through Messenger and the Instagram page. Uh, I typically don't check our, our email.
2: On the yeah, popular, so. yeah. I mean, and, and you know, uh, I, I was going to make the joke that uh, that... You know, uh, we want to hear from everybody. We want to know what you all think of the show so far um, and kind of just any input that you guys have. Um, I mean, and if you and if you know, if you don't get no value from what we do, then, you know, you can send us hate mail, too. You can hate on us all you want. Just uh, just uh, just uh, just send it to uh, Brad (laughs) at the local earshot dot com and he won't read it. Uh, He won't read it because he doesn't have access to that email and and he will never see it. Uh, but you can you can send all your good letters to uh, John <laughs> at the dot com and I will read all your good mail. Hey, so, I'll tell you what, um, and, uh, I,
1: and I I did not get into this thing to be Joe Rogan, but if there's one thing that I he has said through the years that I take to heart is uh, don't read the social media. Stuff. Don't
2: don't read anything on social media. Don't read your comments in like YouTube because like a lot of people. Haters. People are mean, man. See like, a haters, uh, <laughs> man. They're all on the internet. <laughs> They're all on the internet because <laughs> because that uh, you know there's there's this weird transition that happens between a person and their phone or a person and their computer, and it's like and it's it's like oh I can say whatever I want right now. Yeah, I've been and so they out. will.
0: <laughs>
1: so I, I've, I've been humbled on that one. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I mean it, it, it happens. Uh, but um, but yeah. So uh, if um, if like you know when it comes to talent. If you're in a band uh, and you're in Oklahoma and you want to come and interview with us, then uh, you can email me at john at the dot com, uh, and I mean, or even Facebook. I've been connecting with a lot of people on Facebook and just having conversations through the messenger. Um, I'm also about to add a a lot of bands that actually are not. I'm going to invite them over to the uh, the artist. Um, what do you call it?
1: Artist network. Uh,
2: artist network that we're making uh and so um so i mean it it will make it where they can connect with bands that have been on the show uh and and everything but there's there's some process with that with facebook with being able to invite people that are not actually Mm -hmm. liked your page or whatever um and so i gotta figure that out but um yeah i mean other than that uh we're we're working toward live and everything and so whenever it comes to all these different things uh, it, it it really comes down to uh, people giving with their treasure. So we we do this out, out of our love for music, for local music, and and just uh, hanging out with local artists and stuff. It's something that me and him do on a regular basis anyway. Right. So uh, so we just like to get together once a week or you know a certain day if we figure it out. Uh, we we prefer to do Friday and Saturday is our is our our show days, so where I can actually do my editing and have it up and running. Uh, online by monday um, or tuesday for the episode release
1: well and and one thing with treasure the treasure part of it too is is uh one thing i'm i'm or we're trying to find the proper relationship with this as far as like maybe taking on an ad sponsor but it would have to fall in the framework of our value for value system so we're going to be extremely picky about that if if we have that opportunity but uh Yeah, until that happens or that opportunity presents itself, we are definitely uh, DIYers. You know, we we run on donations and and the donations we get are going to go back right into the show. And and like we were talking about earlier, too, maybe putting on a show with uh, if we get with Reggie or a promoter here locally, maybe we can put on a show for the people out there listening to us. You know, we get back that way, you know, so we we, want to keep our our, any dollars we get coming in. We want to give it right back out to the Oklahoma scene. So that's our plan
2: yep and that's and that's uh for all four for the value for value model um, and I mean and it, so if you want to donate to the podcast you can go to uh, the localearshot.com slash donate uh, We take crypto we also take cash app and ventmo. It's still working on the subscription thing because it, it's weird because a lot of these podcasting apps they don't have a prescribed – like you can subscribe to a podcast and through any app that you like, you know, and, and so, um, so I mean that it doesn't actually put a monetary thing on there where, whereas like some of the podcasts I've seen, they, they, they go through PayPal and they do it where like you basically set it up as like a monthly transaction where you just there and you keep your own accounting. Uh, if you donate to the show, then we put you down as a producer of the show for that episode. Um, and you can put that on anything you want to use it on. So if, if they, you know, Uh, contact me through email or something and you give them the email i'll be like yeah they produced they helped produce that episode i'll look it up uh and so then that shows that you um helped our our project and that that's something that you're doing because you care about music um yeah thank you for listening
1: thanks guys we'll see y'all later